Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. Oh, and I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. It's been a while. Forgot you who you were there yeah, for yeah, a minute. Yeah, I kind of huh? forgot who I was. <laughs> I'm out of my uh, spirit, huh? No, but welcome to the broadcast. Again, this broadcast is designed to ignite one's faith on fire. And again, the Word of God declares that we walk by faith, trust, confidence in God's Word, and not by uh, the facts, sense, knowledge, evidence, but the Word, because the Word of God is truth. And we were just saying what we're going to talk about today. And of course, I like it when the Holy Spirit just wants to do what He wants to do. He just pushes you aside and says, do this. So we both opened up our Bibles to the same chapter, <laughs> same scripture verse. So obviously that's what the Lord wants to show us. He wants to show us something in His Word. He's constantly saying, He's doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? God And God can work we like to say he works in mysterious ways. Yes, he does, but he'll reveal those mysterious ways to us. So with that said, let's look at this verse of Scripture. And I think it's going to minister to all of us as what we may be going through in our life at this particular time. And again, we need the word. The word uh, sets one free. The Bible says the interest of his word bringeth or giveth light. So if there's any darkness when the word shows up, just like in Genesis Darkness has to dissipate. So look what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. I'm going to start at verse 8, because here it is. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it may depart from me. Hmm, sound like what we talked about earlier, Richard. And he said to me, my grace or my power or my favor is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Uh-oh, he said his strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So that's what God says in his word. He wants his power to rest upon you, even in your weakness. And we all have different weakness. Paul talked about his infirmity. He never said exactly what it was. We all speculate what it was. And the bottom line is, no matter what it is, God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if he said, in your weakness, I, I'm strong, and we have to do what the scripture says. I just had a, something happen in my life just the other day, and I had to do what the word says do. The scripture says, don't be just a hearer, but a doer. So I say, okay, Lord, you said in your word to cast my cares upon you. So this particular thing that just happened in my life, this circumstance, it's a care, and it's a little big for me. So I, I'm going to cast it over to you. I'm going to give it to you. And then he gave me another word that went with it. It's in Isaiah. I will keep those in perfect peace. That's that shalom. That's that wholeness whose minds are stayed and focused on me because they trust in me. So with that said, this verse we just got here in 2 Corinthians 2, uh, 8 through uh, 9, we have to put faith in that and believe, okay, God, you has this, have this, I'm going to commit this thing to you. And I know, like you just said, 
your strength is made perfect in, in weakness. So wherever I'm weak at, if it may be some type of infirmity and sickness or something that's trying to attack me, I'm going to keep on. I'm going to do what I need to do in the natural, <laughs> but I'm going to believe God's word is going to be sufficient because here's what we know about God's word. It's the truth, and the truth sets one free. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, his word is the truth. He said, if you continue in that, in that means to meditate on it, speak it, do it. He said, that's what's going to set you free. So regardless of what we may be going through in life, we still got to keep looking unto Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. And Jesus and his word are one. Well, see what I like in that? It's just, my grace is sufficient for thee. My grace mm -hmm. is sufficient for you. Paul had asked him three times, take this away from me. And God's answer was really, no, my grace is sufficient. You're going to keep it. Right. But my grace will be sufficient to see you through. There it is. Right and there. so no matter yeah. what is going on in our life, God's grace will be sufficient to see us through. So it can be a medical issue. It can be a financial issue, a spiritual issue, whatever it is. God's grace is now, going to be now, sufficient to see now us through. that's if we allowed his grace to be sufficient in our lives. Oh, you can reject can, the grace right. of the Lord. You got to go ahead. Scripture says, receive with meekness the engrafted word or truth which is able to save your soul. So you have to say, okay, that's what Paul said. I, I asked you three times. He said, and I told you three times, <laughs> my grace is sufficient. So he basically said, don't, if you ask me again, I'm going to say the same thing again. <laughs> my great, because Paul said, I pleaded with you three times. He said, I'm going to read it again because you get more revelation. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. And, and I like to define words when I'm reading the scripture. Sufficient means what? Supply, but it'll enough, be enough. It enough. Yeah. See, when I read it, I read it. My my grace is going to be enough. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. However big enough. the problem is, but look what my he grace said. is going to be enough he to said, cover it for you. Oh, it is. Yeah, not just here's the in deal. General. Anything God has, and He said He has it. Then He just said for me, I'm gonna go ahead and say yes and amen to that. So now you got to put faith in that. And again, sometimes you got to look at the word over and over and over and define words. So he says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And I like, in my Bible, those words are in red. When the words are in red, that means it's from the Lord. He's speaking. And again, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So you put faith in that. So whatever your weakness may be, your infirmity, you have to know because you're a child of God, you're in the household of God now, the household of faith, his grace is sufficient for us. For his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So wherever we may have that weakness at, we say, that's what he means when he say, cast your care onto me. Because it's too heavy for me. I'm weak in that area. He said, well, give it. Are you strong enough to just give it to me? It don't take much strength to give it to him. <laughs> no, see, and are you willing to give it to him? See, there you go. You yeah. know, and, and there's another thing, as you talked about, we can reject his grace. Circumstances come to us. Mm -hmm. and problems come to us, and issues come to us, and trials and tribulations come to us. And what happens sometimes is we take our eyes off him and we put our eyes on the problem. Right. I say that's the biggest thing with David and Goliath. See, the men, Goliath would come out there every morning, and he'd come out there every night. He did that for 40 days. And the people of Israel, the soldiers, all they could see was him. Whenever he came out, all they could see was him and his size. When David got there... He wasn't looking at how big Goliath was. He was looking at how big God was. And that's why he can say, 
Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, right? Who's, who's this guy that, he, that he's talking like this to the armies of the living God? And so he took it. He didn't look at the problem. He looked at, at God and what God could do. And so circumstances come to us in our life. They just, they come daily. And you have a choice to look at the circumstances, to look at how hard that problem is, to look at how big that problem is, to look at whatever it is, or to look at Christ and what he is able to do. And this is why that's how you reject his grace. It isn't by saying, well, I just reject God's grace. It's by taking your eyes off his grace and the knowledge that his grace is sufficient and beginning to look at the problem and only being able to see it. Well, I hear people say stuff like this. And then when I say people, I'm referring to Christians as well. They'll say, well, I'm just keeping it real. I'm just, I'm just staying in reality. Well, when you're, David wasn't, David's like, the Lord is my strength. That's my reality. Yeah, the reality was that Goliath was a whole lot bigger. Right, right. If Vegas had existed, and the, what are the odds that David's going to beat Goliath? The odds, right. they're not even going to give odds on that fight. Right, right, right. So, again, I tell people all the time, don't go around talking about how big your problem is. Go around talking and speaking about how big your God is. Amen. And that's so, why I say that's what David was and doing. And that's what the scripture means. He will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is fixed and focused and stayed and trusted on him. You got to have a renewed mind that nothing is above God. He's the ultimate. He's the source. And that's what Jehovah Jireh means, my provider. You have to get a revelation or understanding of that. And that's what ignites your faith on fire. And then, again... Here's what I know from Matthew 12. It says, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good things. So it says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what you really believe in your heart, you're going to speak with your mouth. And we're on a word planet. This whole earth is governed by words. And I know that because the Bible says in John, in the beginning was the word. <laughs> and then if you go back to the beginning in Genesis, God was the spirit, which is the word. He spoke over darkness, and darkness left. So you have to start saying, speaking in line with God's will and God's word, like David did. He said he spoke in line with, he was speaking as a representative of, of kingdom of heaven. He was like, who's this circumcised Philistine trying to come against the, the armies of the Lord or God's children? And he didn't say everything they were saying. They were saying, they was Pumping Goliath up. Oh, he's big, bad, bad, <laughs> Leroy right, Brown. Right. I mean, every time they saw him, he had to get bigger, too. Right, I mean, yeah, you yeah. See, they've seen this guy 80 times. Well, well, it's the same with the children of Israel going into the wilderness, I mean, into the promised land when Moses or Joshua, Moses sent out spies. They came back to re the report. Say, they say, yeah, it is that, but there's giants there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we look like grasshoppers in yeah, their eyes. Yeah, and they, they say in our own sight, we're like grasshoppers. So they saw themselves as grasshoppers and saw the... The opposition is giants, and they didn't even factor God in. You got to have that God factor. That's what faith on fire means. You factored God in, and the scripture says, "Because God before you, who could be against you?" It also said, "Let God." Is there anything too hard for God? You have to understand. He told Sarah that concerning her being pregnant when she laughed. She said, "Is anything, you know, with God again? With God, and we are with God because we're His children." With God, all things are possible. You have to get this, these truths in your spirit and then start letting them come out of your mouth. Because the Bible says those who are filled with the spirit, out of their belly shall flow rivers of, it didn't say dead water, living water. 
Right. And we need water to sustain. I know that because I'm reminded of Jesus at the well with the, uh, with the Samaritan woman. She was going to get some water. He told her, I got some water. You drink of this, you'll never thirst again. And that's what we have from the word of God. That's what his word is living water. You have to, we have to partake of that living water. I talked about uh, yesterday at service. We have to partake of that every day. You can't go a day without nourishing yourself off the word of God. Because Satan don't take a break. <laughs> he don't take a break. And we know we have an adversary called the devil. He walks around seeking whom he may devour. He'll do it through our ignorance. He's a deceiver. But we have to be like Jesus, wise, wiser than him. Jesus kept on saying, it is written. Uh-oh. Jesus had the word in him. He said, it is written. He was quoting the Old Testament scriptures. And man should not live by bread alone, but every word. And we have to understand, because we're on a word planet, and death and life is not in the power of the devil. It's in the power of our tongue, according to Proverbs 18 and 21. Yeah, so we got to start speaking God's word. We have to partake of it and start releasing it. And he says this, he watches over his word to perform it. So when we're speaking the word of God and confessing and declaring the word of God, he said, heaven's watching over it. Angels, we have angels. Everybody, every born-again believer has an angel. I think, you know, non-believers have, I think we all have angels assigned to us. And angels hearkening to the voice of the word of God. That's what they do. They're like dispatchers. They, they hear you speak the word of God, they go to help bring that thing to pass. And you can't see angels, too. Remember, over that in Daniel, he called for the big guy. Was that Michael, the archangel? He had to come because the little angels couldn't handle it. <laughs> See, there is a, there's a hierarchy there, too, because yeah. he does. He says, I had to wait for Michael. Yeah, I had to wait for Michael because, man, there's some big guns hindered. out there. Yeah. So we have to understand that. That's why I tell people it's most important that you understand the word of God because that's where all your promise is at. That's where your provision is. That's where your protection is. And if you, he said in Romans, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's not in Romans, it's in the scripture. But yeah, we're destroyed because we don't have the knowledge of our covenant or, or who we're in relationship with. And so we get devoured, you know, by the enemy, you know, in our health. And I tell Christians this concerning health issues. You better get the truth of God's word inside you concerning health and healing. Get it in you early. I call it preventative maintenance. <laughs> And yes, we need to do what we need to do in the natural. We need to eat right. We need to exercise. But we also need to get that truth in us. With long life, he will satisfy me. I'll take sickness from out of the midst of you. He said that. He said it to the children of Israel. Remember, he's saying yesterday, today, forevermore. You got to start. That's how I look so good, Pastor Richard. I, I stay looking good because I'm serious. I feed on the word and I declare it. I'll tell people I'm going to be around till I'm 125. Because he said with long life, I'll satisfy you. I desire to be here till I'm 125. So I'm going to say what he said. I'm going to speak in line with his word. He said, I'll take sickness out of the midst of you. And I got a scripture in Galatians that said, Christ has redeemed me from the curse. The curse that Adam then brought, it brought sickness, death, and poverty in. And I've been redeemed from that. So I don't have to, it's going to happen, but I don't have to participate with it. <laughs> so I got to start in the spirit first. And then I'm going to do the natural things. I'm going to eat right, eat healthy. And I'm going to uh, exercise. And I just noticed lately, you know, I've been eating a lot of sweets lately. And I know I'm getting older and I can't handle those sweets. And every time I eat sweets Krispy now. Krispy Kreme donuts? Well, but when I eat them after 10 o'clock, I know I go to sleep with a headache. Well, I wake up with a headache. I don't go to sleep with a headache because I'm full of all that sugar. <laughs> so now I'm starting to use wisdom. Okay, don't eat. If you don't want to wake up with a headache or feel like you got a hangover, don't eat 
eat any sweets after 10. Well, see, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. Right, right. So we can kill ourselves by what we're putting in our body or not putting in our body. Now, I'm pretty sure if I ate some carrots around that time, some lettuce or something, I don't think I'd wake up with a hangout. And we, since we're getting all this knowledge about sugars and how they're not good for you, they rise up your blood pressure and all that. So now I got to start using that natural wisdom, too, to say, okay, I can't do this, especially if I'm planning on being around for a long time. I got to, like, check myself on some of the things I'm doing. And that's something I'm learning and growing in. I got to get up and do some push-ups. Some jumping jacks. I do something. <laughs> Sit up. You got to do something. You know, if you want to be here with long life, you can't be saying, yeah, with long life, you'll satisfy me. And you sitting on the couch eating ho-hos and Twinkies. <laughs> no exercise. Richard, it ain't going to work. Well, you know what's funny is that how we all recognize that if you want to be an Olympic athlete, and there aren't very many people that can be, but if you wanted to be an Olympic athlete, you would have to train. And you would have to train all your life. People that are in Olympics start when they're like babies, practically, and they train their whole life. They watch what they eat. They watch how they exercise. They practice whatever it is that they're doing. That's their that's their life, and they know they have to do it. If you were going to be a weightlifter in the Olympics, you have to lift weights all the time. You have to be training all the time. And we're not talking about lifting weights like donuts and ho-hos, <laughs> but we're talking about real weights. For some reason, though, people think they can develop spiritually and develop their spiritual muscles by having the equivalent of ho-hos and donuts. Mm -hmm. And we need to strengthen ourselves spiritually the same way we would physically. physically. Now, the way this usually happens, though, and this is why James, as he says, count it all joy when tribulations happen to you, because God is going to develop perseverance and all these things in you to make you perfect. So the way we develop spiritually is in the face of tribulation. So in the same way you don't develop muscle by eating ho-hos and donuts, you don't always develop spiritual muscle by only having good things happen to you. Right. Bad things don't happen. I know that. Trials and tribulations are going to happen to you. And in fact, that's how God's going to develop you spiritually. When you go back and read James chapter oh, 2, yeah. when he talks about count it all joy, when trials and tribulations come to you, the reason why we are to count it all joy is that God is going to use those things to perfect us. But if you talk to almost anybody in the world, even Christians, trials and tribulations, man, they run from those as fast as they can. And suffering, nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants any of these things. And yet we want to develop spiritually. You're not developed. And it's interesting you say that because I was just listening to a pastor the other day on uh, the Word Network or TBN. And he was talking about the same thing, how trials, tribulations, and persecutions come to perfect those things that concern you. And if you're not experiencing any of those, obviously, you know, you're not being perfected because that's the sign that you're being perfected. He tells us that in a word. So, but he, again, back to preventative maintenance. If you, the scripture says in Ephesians 6, he starts out saying, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then he goes to talk about that spiritual armor and weaponry. So you have to put on those things. You have to put on that helmet of salvation, that breastplate of righteousness. You have to understand what they are. That that use that shield of faith, that sword of the spirit. You got to be standing on the word, the gospel, constantly. So he tells you how to be ready for battle. And again, a lot of Christians don't understand how to be spiritually ready for battle. So now, when those trials and tribulations come, Jesus said it in Mark four: when persecution arises for the word's sake. 
immediately they stumble because they didn't have any root in them. Again, you got to, as a believer, as a child of God, you got to be grounded and rooted, just like David was. He was a teenager, but he was being grounded and rooted because he went out there and declared what the truth was. Who is this? He said, this cat, ain't, he ain't covered in relationship with the Most High God. I am. Give, I'll go get him. Send me at him. They try to put all that armor on him. He said, no, man, get that stuff off me. It's too heavy. I'm only a teenager. But, but he didn't need that. He was, he was fighting with spiritual armor and weaponry. And all he took was a rock and a sling. <laughs> That's all he took. He didn't go to a toe-to-toe, yeah, I'm going to get him. Because he knew whatever he put his hand to was anointed. And what and he can hear the voice of the Lord. God told him what to do. Just get three rocks, <laughs> nice smooth ones, so they can use that the wind which I created. And I'm gonna make this thing. And you just put it in there and pull it back. And I'm gonna do the rest. <laughs> he said, "I'm gonna do the rest." But I need you to put the rock in there and, and, and pull the thing back. I'm gonna do the rest. And he did the rest. And see, and that's how it is with us. We have to walk by the word of God. And let it be up to him to do the rest. When he right. says, well, you see, lay we hand. have to do our part. Yeah, like when he tells you if any sick among you, and we're going to do that later, let them call for the elders. Elders ain't the old people in front, it's the spiritually mature. Let them lay hands on them, let them anoint them with oil. And then he said, and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. So my job, our job is to just do what he said anoint them with oil, lay hands on them, and pray a prayer of faith concerning see, and healing. Then, and then the rest is up to it's him. It's up to him. Now, if this is your time to go, then it's, it's up to you. But I mean, it's like, it's like the Israelites as they march around Jericho. God tells them to march around. He's going to do the rest. He didn't he's tell them to march around, the then wall. get your sludge hammers and start hitting the wall. Right. He didn't tell them to do that. He's going he's gonna to knock down the wall. They right. just had, Jesus says he calls Lazarus from the tomb. The only person there that could raise, raise Lazarus from the dead was Jesus. But then after he comes out, he tells the people to go and remove the burial clothes from him. Well, you think Jesus couldn't have done that too? Right, right. He could have had him come out all dressed the way he needed to be dressed. Right. But he did what he could do, only he could do, and then he asked the people to do what they can do. But see, it's, it's back to with God. We're always co-laboring in God because we're in fellowship with him. We're his creation. He's the creator. He likes to do things with us. That's why he say with God all I mean, with, it's the same way you have the loaves and fishes and he feeds the 5,000 people. Jesus could have just snapped his fingers or said, all right, here we go, and everybody had the food in front of him. Or he could have said, snapped his finger, okay, everybody's full. Right, and so everybody has, what he says, though, instead is, you got to do your part. Go get me some loaves and fishes, and then hand it out. You guys go hand it out. Mm -hmm. And when everybody had been fed, then there was food left over. But Jesus didn't just say, okay, now there's food in front of everybody. I'm going to speak, and there'll be food in front of everybody. Well, he did it with his first miracle, with the wine. He said... Go get those containers, fill them up. It's always instruction. So we have to, again, that's how we grow in the knowledge of the Lord's will. We, we have to do our part, and then God does his part. And I tell them, I break it down to this, Richard. It's really simple. Anybody can get this. It's just like getting saved, born again. You got to do something first. You got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that God sent Jesus, that Jesus died again, and God raised him from the dead. The Bible says when you believe that and confess that, you're saved. You don't get saved first and then <laughs> confess that. He said, no, you do this first and then boom. Because with the heart one believes, with the mouth confession is made. And he gives you the definition of that in probably Romans 10, 9. But he says, first you do this and then this is what's going to happen. Your name is going to now get written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're gonna, it's going to be registered in heaven. You're now born again. You're not saved. But I need you to do this part first. 
then that's what's going to happen. Well, and then Philippians chapter 4, he says, in everything, with prayer and thanksgiving, give it to God. So that's first. And then... <laughs> Right, and then the peace that passes all so understanding. What will if be you yours. don't do prayer and thanksgiving? Right, then the peace that passes. There See, you go. So many Christians that you talk to have no peace. They have none of this because they didn't do the first because part. They didn't do the first part. Right. right. If you don't come to him with prayer and thanksgiving, then you don't get. It's like if I said to to you, "Hey, Vince, go out there and wash my car, and I'll give you a thousand bucks." I ain't giving you a thousand bucks unless you go out and wash the car. Give me the thousand first. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I want to well, see the as, green. As you were saying that, I was thinking about Abraham and Sarah. Same thing. You guys are going to have a child. We, I understand what your age is, but they had to consummate that thing for it to happen. So she had to get her Chanel number five. He had to do what he needed to do, and they came together. And again, they had to do their part. I know you're over there laughing, but they had to do their part. That's a picture. At that age, I know it's a picture, <laughs> but they had to do their part. And God's always working, partnering with us. We're, we're co right. We always have to do. We can't just sit back, right, and do nothing. Well, it's like we want God to prosper us financially. It ain't about to fall out the sky. He said, "I mean, you can't go home, lay on the couch, and no, no, no." God's he said, "I'll prosper money. the works of your hand." He said, "Whatever you put your hands to, I'll bless it. I'll prosper." So now I got to put my hands to something. Well, in 2 Thessalonians, that's the issue that's going on there when he says, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. Because what a lot of those people have decided, well, Jesus is coming back any day. Why do I need to work? I'm not going to work. He's coming back. Mm -hmm. And Paul has to say, you know what? <laughs> we don't know when he's coming back. And if a man won't work, so, he should not eat. So get up off your blessed assurance. <laughs> yeah, and get back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, God wants us to... Yeah, I mean, seriously, if, if somehow it became known that Jesus was coming back on Friday... Everybody sit on their blessed Nobody's assurance. Nobody's going to work tomorrow because they figure, hey, I can last out for a week. Mm -hmm. So you can't just sit back and expect God to do it all. There's the part that he calls us to play. Right. And I want to just go back on this scripture before we close out. Back to 2 Corinthians chapter um, 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it may depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to mention my infirmities, but I'm also going to mention what God said, because, yes, I, I'm weak in this area. Yes, this is a fact. Yes, I do need to go see the doctor. Yeah, that's a fact, but I'm still going to believe his strength is made perfect in my weakness. I'm going to boast in that. That's what I'm going to boast in. Well, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to remind you as you keep, as you go through this week, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.